Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. You see yourself as the clubster. <laughs> Grumpy, a man apart. Yeah, it's 11 in a row for you, much like it's 7 in a row for Cluxton. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. We are going to turn our attention back to football next. It's quarter past nine and uh, during the ads you're going to hear from Emma Byrne and Kathleen McNamee on the very latest episode of the Coy Gig Pod where they'll discuss Ireland's uh, ongoing issues in attack. The Coy Gig Pod on OTV in association with Cadbury, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland's women's national, uh, national team. And off the back of that, uh, we're going to be joined in the studio by the former Ireland international Maeve de Burka to pick through the bones of the homecoming last night and pull, uh, put a full stop on Ireland's World Cup campaign. You're listening to OTB AM. Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? I think it was a very, very good season for me to be able to get the amount of games that I was able to get, get the experience that I was able to get, and um, you know, also to prove that I, I can play at that level. Some of my best games were against some of the top teams in the world. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. We didn't look madly any closer to scoring a goal, I don't think, unless you viewed that slightly differently. No, we didn't. Um, But the fact that we were dominating in the middle towards the the final third was a massive step for me. And you can't expect everything to come at once because it was so frustrating that we, we were at one stage defence kicking the ball along to nobody and chasing it down I mean that's a big step up today and I think step by step we we're good defensively we're solid now when we win the ball back can we transition to to forward play can we move through the from the defensive um third to the middle third that's the first step we've done we've done that really well today I'm really confident with the midfield play from today um, and then the next step is talking about your getting, creating those chances, getting on the end of them. You know, and I guarantee you there isn't much work done on that because as a manager, as a coach, you always work on your defensive side first, always. And we had to tweak that a little bit. We had to make sure we were hard to beat. That's the first thing you work on. So the last thing you work on, or one of the last things is that you work on your attack and play. And then you talk about, your whatever you're going to do, whether it's counterattack, whatever it is. Um, and that, you know, that's something that, again, it's positive because with Denise, when Denise was getting up there, like she was getting into lovely little areas. Then we're talking about decision making. We're talking about when to release the ball. Then we're talking about when to make those runs because you know your, your wingers, you know when they're going to release the ball. All of these things have to come and they'll come with a little bit more work. Um, but it's really positive. That's the easy part because everybody wants to do attack and play. So you don't have to motivate anybody. You don't have to encourage people to to get the best out of them. That's the fun part of training. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. 8,000 people on O'Connell Street last night to uh, welcome home the Republic of Ireland after the World Cup. And amongst them was Maeve de Barker, former Ireland International. Maeve, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me. What was it buzz like? It looked very good. What was it buzz like down there last night? Yeah, it was nice for the girls, I think, just to get a taste of what they, I suppose, what the crowds were doing back home, you know, and how much support they had back home because they were in such a bubble over there in Australia and they wouldn't have gotten to experience that. Mm. So it was nice, yeah, for them just to, to get a taste of it last night. 
um, and everybody was a body language expert to what did, did, did they look at each other was there interaction what was said yeah it was kind of funny because initially they brought the management Vera and the management out on stage mm-hmm. and then they all went back off stage and then the yeah. players came on separately and um, they all got individually introduced to the crowd which was nice and a few players, the American based, had to go back to their clubs straight away, so they weren't there. But yeah, it was interesting to see the interactions. But then later, Vera came back on the stage with the players, so yeah, it seemed to be all fairly amicable anyway. Yeah, and we're reading in like a lot into what she said. Stick with us, we'll we will win medals at tournaments. And we, is that the Royal Us or is that like yeah. you hanging around? Um, she certainly not, you know, uh, was full bore into the party last night and. Uh, if the FAI are of a mind uh, to move on from her after this, she's certainly not going to make it easy for them. What, what he's trying to say there is, what did you make of the dance? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not, no, I've established at the start of the show, I have no issue with the dance. <laughs> I preferred Amber singing myself. But, but she's, <laughs> she not saying, she's, she's not saying act. they're going, oh, it's been brilliant, thanks a million, you've been so warm, and she's saying, no, no, we're... we're and we go. For her, it didn't seem like any bit of closure or, or final goodbye or anything yeah. like that. It was more a continuation, which is um, was, I suppose, slightly surprising. But then again, yeah, like you said, she's not kind of ready to say goodbye yet as such. But it does seem like, um, you know, from looking out from the outside in that the writing's on the wall for her, I think. Mm. Why is it? Uh, just, I suppose, when, you know, players are asked, do they support her and they decline to comment, then, um, you know, maybe it's, it's a bit telling, really, that, you know, there doesn't seem to be that support there for mm. her. And I think when you lose the dressing room, I'm not sure if there's, you know, it's it's very difficult, I think, to continue after that. It's funny that they, you say lost the dressing room, but Ireland aren't, they're not playing badly either at the same time. No, they aren't, and like they're they're actually their performances over in Australia were great, and I I do think if it, like it keeps been repeated, but if it was a, a purely football decision, I think she'd be in. It'd be a no brainer. She obviously brought us to their first major tournament. She did the same with the Dutch back in the day. She brought them to their first um, Euros as well. So she definitely has a football pedigree, you know, but. I suppose when a player is essentially banned, or sorry, a manager, she's essentially banned from working in the NWSL, the um, US League at the moment until um, the allegations are cleared against her. Then um, I think I think really just the end of the day, what needs to happen is the the internal review and ask the players what mm. they're thinking themselves. Yeah, the language of the statement certainly didn't suggest that this was. Um, you d- I don't think you word a statement that way if you feel that the outcome might be that she's staying on. So we'll have to take a watch and brief on that. It does. Uh, bizarrely we're sort of in a position for the reasons that you've outlined where we may well end up losing a manager and yet the bar for whoever comes in after that has actually been set really high like the expectations now into those uh, Northern Ireland and Hungary games in September like if we're not getting six points in the Nations League out of that suddenly it's like you know no matter who it is that's there what was all that about? Yeah, they've big fo- shoes to fill, you know. Um, in fairness, Vera did do, like I said, exceptional job results-wise. And it is, um, it's, a, it's a job that so someone would need to think a lot about before taking on. Obviously, if it was, was an Irish person, it would be a huge honour or as a well, you know, a well-experienced um manager from abroad as well I'm sure a lot of people would jump at the opportunity but like you said it's a bit of a tricky one to go into because we have been on such a I suppose such a wave of excitement as well and like the results like we did mention you know narrow losses and the draw to Nigeria 
they were great considering the opposition we were up against. So, yeah, the new manager will, will be up against it, I think. I did, had a little bit of a look around last night because there hasn't been a huge amount of chat. And, like, why would there be when somebody is still technically in a job but not a huge amount of chat about who the replacement might be? Might be. And I looked at the odds. Um, and admittedly, Tom Elms and Eileen Gleeson are the first two names on the list. And I think there would be a bit of, obviously, continuity about that and potentially welcome. But it really struck me that we just need to be very careful what we wish for beyond that because, you know... Um, Phil Neville was number three on the list Colin Bell um, who you know uh, obviously did a job for a period of time I don't think was particularly pined for after he was gone uh, and, and and a litany of names after that I you know beyond the top two and maybe there's a less obvious option out there but definitely a little bit of be careful what we wish for here yeah, it's true. I mean, I think, yeah, both Eileen and, and Tom. Eileen would have worked as an assistant before um, she went to Glasgow. Now she's obviously working in the FAI as well. Mm-hmm. So I think both of them <clears throat> would be great appointments, like you said, for the continuity and they'd be familiar with the, the women's game in Ireland as well. It's a point that I'm always kind of harping on about a little bit. I know the the manager always seems to have the job in isolation of just looking after the national team when there doesn't seem to be any kind of p- the progression of the pathway within uh, God, Ireland. God, where did we hear that before? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I know, it's like a broken record, but I think, I really think that the, yeah, the success of a domestic league, you know, in turn, ripples, has a ripple effect onto the national team because we can see it, you know, with, um, I would say the likes of Germany, but that wouldn't have. Well, <laughs> that's not a. Yes, but, you might have said yeah, that. exactly. Uh, you know, France, all the top elite, the top nations do have uh, strong domestic leagues. So from that point of view, I think um, it would be good. But yeah, the likes of um, yeah, Colin Bell did a job yesterday against Germany as well. But mm. I I wouldn't foresee that he'd come back. I'm not sure. Obviously, what's the state in the League of Ireland? Then we'll say if you look at like off the top of my head even closer to home Don O'Reardon Alan Murphy Collie O'Neill have gone from the men's to women's game but like what managers are is there is there any manager who could say like that he or she would be good enough to do this job or is there a groundswell in the League of Ireland that we're good enough to do this yeah, I mean, like Donna Reardon, he's a former manager of mine. He has the pro license and um, he's as qualified as they come. You know, the likes of him, of course, um, could be a possibility too. Um, so there is definitely, yeah, we have, I think it is one of the kind of uh, shining lights of the FAIs, their coach education department. I've been through it myself and they do do um, implement really good courses. And I think the quality of co- coaching has definitely improved. I would kind of maybe classify as similar to Iceland in that regard. They have a really, really mm. strong, um, for such a small nation, they have such a strong, um, coaching infrastructure and um, yeah, there's there's plenty of names. It's hard to think off the top of my head, but uh, there's there's plenty of qualified coaches within the country. But you're saying it's more than managing the senior team. This is a bit of a bigger role than that because obviously it's like it is a bit of a root branch, top to bottom as well. Like. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd like to see it as a broader role, but I don't think, I think usually they are just, that's the issue, I suppose, their their job is solely to focus on the national team and get results, so mm. it's only ever going to be a short-term or a medium-term plan, there's never going to be a long-term plan. If you're in a job and you need to get results, it really doesn't matter what the grassroots levels are doing because they're never going to impact your um, success, so. Does the style of football matter? Um, it's hard to tell because I mean in this World Cup we've seen defences really um, outshine the attacks mm. in a way like and there is three teams like I was saying there that, that are in three countries that are in without having conceded a goal they're in the, the round of 16 so um, for me personally as much as we'd love us to be I'd love us to be playing expansive attacking football I mean there's also you're your leading yourself to be um, open for to get hammered as well mm. and that's something that going over to the World Cup I don't think we were ever going to it was never going to happen really that we were going to get trounced um, five or six nil mm. you know although seeing as how Morocco have gone <laughs> maybe it could have been a good thing get get um, get beaten six nil in your first game and 
qualify for the round of 16. But um, yeah, I think, sure, yeah, it, it would be nice, like saying the men's team as well, it would be nice for us to, to play a lovely brand of football. But I think you just need to look at, at the players as well and the, what their strengths are. Mm. We could have been having very different conversations. Like if those fine margins um, had just even the narrowest of ones had gone our way, the slightest little grain of rice had gone our way, um, we might have been talking about a very different uh, future, I think, for Ireland. Maybe even for, it would have been a much more difficult conversation around Vera Powell, obviously, if uh, they had gone away. And we'd also been looking forward to England versus Ireland on Monday morning. Like, I what know. an absolute dream fixture that would have been. It really, once the, the fixtures were announced, that's the one I was eyeing up, you know, what might be like. And it would be huge, you know, obviously now it's, it's England, Nigeria. It doesn't have the same ring no. to it for us as Irish fans. And it really would have been a great chance because we haven't played um, England in the last 10 or 15 years. I can't remember. It's, it's longer than that. We just never have friendly fixtures against mm-hmm. England, um, which would obviously be, be a great fixture to have. But yeah, it's disappointing. And you look at the likes of Jamaica, who are through to the round of 16, having only scored one goal. Um, from a set piece so you kind of think maybe what might have been I know yeah. even the likes of Switzerland as well another another crowd who have kept clean, yeah. t- three clean sheets only scored two goals another crowd I like <laughs> that, that crowd like. yeah <laughs> it's just yeah I mean I suppose you're always going to think it's not so much regrets it's just more that like what might have been maybe had we been handed a different group or had like you said maybe an OG knock on in or the penalty not mm-hmm. been conceded like small margins but at the end of the day that's football I suppose Nothing, yeah. you know. what uh, chance do you give Nigeria they obviously gave us a good insight into what they're about and uh, like a team filled with quality obviously what chance do you give them because England are looking against the odds last night given uh, some of the bigger uh, lights that have maybe exited the tournament and some that have maybe failed to impress in a way that we thought they might England I think are favourites for it now yeah, I mean, their only slight hiccup, for want of a better word, would be the Haiti 1-0 win. But at the same time, they got the job done and they got mm-hmm. the three points. So, um, yeah, they're definitely, I think, they're going to stand out in, in the next round. Nigeria, it's hard to say because I think they took the foot off the gas against us. I think they were happy. They knew a point would get them through. So yeah. I think maybe we didn't see the, the same intensity from Nigeria in the second half against us. But, um, yeah, I'd give them, give them a chance. But I think, for me, I think... England would be definitely favourites to progress to the quarterfinals there. Mm, and you have like Swiss against uh, Spain, Japan against Norway, like all good games. What are you, in an overall sense, now that we know the last 16, who are you thinking? I think as well, there's standout ties probably Sweden, USA as well. It's the first yeah. versus the third in the world. And they were actually grouped together in the last two World Cups in the group stage. So uh, I think one was a nil all draw and then USA came out in top two nil as well in the last World Cup. So there's a lot of history between those two teams. And I don't think both either have like like lit up the tournament as such. Um, USA in particular, they uh, Portugal hit the post in the last minute. So had they scored that, USA would be gone home, which would be you've huge, not been impressed with the USA at all. No, no. not really, uh, not yet. Anyway, yeah. now a lot of their games also have been at two a.m. So I've watched limited yeah, amounts yeah. of them too. But uh, I, I still think they always find a way. It's just their mentality; they find a way to win no matter mm-hmm. what. And even if it's not pretty, I would probably expect them to to be in the hat in the okay. quarterfinals as well. Your uh, main takeaway then from last night before we leave you. Um, obviously, we had a bit of a sing-song Amber Barrett leading the way on that front. We had like the players, you know, 
shuffling are you going to uh, you're going to retire Neve and like the sort of oh, I better crack a joke here and just try and get out of this and kick it down the road to another day what was your main uh, takeaway from events last night yeah those kind of questions in a way I'm like oh you know would you just leave leave her alone in a way and let her, her make up her own mind but then I suppose you compare it to the men's game and would we be asking these questions to, to the men's players and Same, it probably, probably would be too yeah, so yeah. Fr- from that point of it it's great to see the conversations been moved on and such you know uh, interest around the team um, personally I'd love to see Neve stay on um, been a Galway girl as well and we mm. would have played together at Salt Hill Devon I think she has a lot more to give um, to Ireland and I think her experience is just um, it's not replaceable you know so personally yeah I'd love to see her stay on but yeah it was great um, just to, you know great for them to like I said just to have their, their moment and have be able to see the support that was there and hopefully yeah it was a little bit obviously that the Vera thing just kind of hangs its slight cloud over the whole occasion but it was a really good celebration and um, it was great now we can look forward to the Nations League campaign like I said um, starting on the 23rd of September yeah. What did you do today uh, Maeve? I analysed a homecoming there we go. <laughs> I actually did much more It rarely happens yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we'll have much more to analyse because we'll have events one way or the other over the next few weeks as to whether she staying or going and then we'll be into September and I think everybody's uh, really excited and looking forward to that um, and again with the Aviva particularly I think for people to get out and show their support uh, post World Cup uh, Maeve thanks a million for dropping in thanks a lot enjoyed that thanks a lot OTB AM The Sports Breakfast Show from Off The Ball